Welcome to Shotgun Story, the podcast that has conversations with indie creators about music, meaning, and the point of it all, so that you may be inspired by the journeys of other artists who are doing it for themselves, and maybe gain a little more understanding as to why it matters quite so much that you keep creating. I discovered Andra some years back when I came back from London in 2008. I wasn't doing music professionally at the time. Some friends of mine had told me about this musician who they loved very deeply and that I obviously did too and do love very deeply <laughs> and I'm honored to be friends with and um, have played on stages with. Welcome Andra. Thank you so much for having me. Man, what an honor. Excited. So you are from Namibia. That's right. Born and raised. Mm -hmm. How old were you when you came to South Africa? I was about 22, 23. And reasons for coming? Reasons for coming. It was just time to try and do this music thing. I was working with my family and we owned a coffee shop together while well, they owned it and I worked in it, uh, managed it and stuff. Started playing at the cafe on Thursday nights. And then at some point we just all sat down and I told them, I think it's time. And they're like, yeah. You have to go. Wonderful and lucky to have yeah. a family who's so supportive. Definitely the best. I want to look at your career timeline. For listeners who aren't familiar with your music, to give them a little bit of context, if you were to look at your career as a timeline, mm -hmm. what five highlights would you give us? For slightly more underground artists, when we are asked this question, and it comes up a lot, you know, even though I've been doing this for 13 years already, <laughs> it still comes up a lot. Um, we are kind of gently forced to name drop mm -hmm. to give yourself more value um, as an artist. And I hate that so mm -hmm. much because I can name a lot of huge names yeah. um, who I've shared stages with or toured with and stuff like that. But I so desperately don't want to do that today. So yes. I would say a highlight for me is just literally every time I get to play the songs for people who want to hear them and feel them with me. And because the songs become something different every time when there's other people listening to it. And for me, that's everything. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And I love that. I love that desire not to name drop, to be honest. <laughs> um, it says a lot about where you come from as a musician. And I suppose that's for me, what I love most is your integrity. As oh, an man. Artist. If people want to find, they will find the music. You know what I mean? If they're curious, listening to this, maybe they'll go out and search for it and stuff and then they will know me talking about it won't show people absolutely and we'll yeah. play something just now so that people can have a sense and i feel like they will be pulled to go on a search <laughs> oh, for you bless you <laughs> so now why music what sparked your love what inspired you to start making music in the first place i think i was born this way i was born an artist i think and somehow music was the the language i was given to express that or to journey through life with and I was very lucky to have been born in a house where there was always music around my grand played the accordion and my mom played guitar and piano and my dad played guitar and there was just always music around and you know they listened to really quality stuff and I think it just kind of made it okay that this could be a choice for me so yeah I, I could give credit to my family for that one Wonderful. So you then started playing guitar quite young. Quite young, yes. I was about nine or ten. I started on the like a cricket bat, just miming with Bruce Springsteen. 
And then my dad felt sorry for me. He's like, hey, here's a guitar. You look oh, ridiculous. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah. So my favorite thing about families and music mm. is the harmonies. Was that a part of your upbringing? Not at all. We actually very seldom made music together. Um, there was never like this family band <laughs> thing, uh, which I think would have been so cool. But we spent a lot of time appreciating music together. Mm. So we would listen to music a lot we would have these requests evenings where we all get to play our favorite, like our top five favorites at the time. Oh. And everybody had to listen, even if they hated it. Mm -hmm. You know, and my sister and I would listen to obviously things at the time, you know, the 90s music and it's Nirvana and all these things. And my parents were like, this is great. And oh. we would just appreciate the stuff together. I think. Sweet yeah. parents. Yeah. Oh, that's there so nice. What do they call that these days? Um, iPod roulette. Oh my goodness. I, know. I didn't know thing. that was a thing. No. I should write that down. I'm so old. <laughs> I mean, I keep thinking we should do a concept show where we have a whole bunch of artists. And I mean, it's slightly different. But we have a whole mm. bunch of artists on stage. Everybody has submitted their favorite tracks. Oh, yeah. It's like a jukebox evening. Yes. And an audience member can spin this thing. Okay. And then one of the tracks comes out. And then whoever's track it is then has to play. Oh. That's such a cool idea. Wouldn't that be so fun? We should do I that. I love it. Definitely. We will. That idea was coined by Shotgun Tori, just to make that clear. <laughs> Put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, your whys. Now, this is the most mm. important thing. What? Everything's crazy. And we're mm. going to talk about the craziness of everything. <laughs> yeah. But somehow, amidst the craziness, we need to keep making. You know, Viktor Frankl said... If you have a why, you can deal with it anyhow. Mm. So your why, what drives mm. you to create? It often feels to me like I've got no choice in the matter. I came here to do this, despite the challenges and how it feels sometimes and self-doubt and all these things. But the, the thing that drives me to do this is that it hurts a lot more to not do it than to actually keep trying to do this so you know the the pain of not doing it is greater than the pain of doing it yeah. and it sounds really miserable actually saying that out loud but you know there's a lot of love and there's a lot of joy and connection and it's like I feel big parts of the music is there to to feel on behalf of people who don't know how to voice how they're feeling mm -hmm. so that's kind of a I can't not do this completely and you can hear it in your music that depth of feeling yeah what inspires you? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, nothing inspires me. I think inspiration is so much greater than anything that's around us. Um, people think, or they tend to assume people who aren't artists themselves, um, or think they aren't artists, think that we listen to a piece of music and we're like, oh, this is so great, I want to do this. Mm. And that's not what inspiration is for me. Inspiration is... It's kind of like a force that just assists you into feeling okay that you're doing what you're doing. Mm. You do the work and sometimes inspiration shows up and it, it breathes life into it with you. It's this unknown that you tap into sometimes. And sometimes it's very inconvenient, like when you're driving and it just shows up out of nowhere. But it always returns, you know, um, even if you're not quite in the space to receive it. But yeah, it's something I collaborate with. It's not something that I go and look for. 
if that makes any sense. No, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, on a practical level, let's say you're driving <laughs> and inspiration strikes. What do you do in those circumstances? I would agree with one of my favorites, Tom Waits. He has had moments like that as well. And, and he said something to the effect of, you know what? This is really inconvenient. Could you go and bother someone else right now? Because <laughs> can you see that I'm driving? This is really rude. So I'll see you later. And you're wonderful. There's always enough to go around. So you find another one <laughs> or another one finds you when you can actually sit with a piece of paper or your guitar or your ukulele or whatever and capture it. So, I mean, I know it's not ideal, but I've started opening my voice notes mm. and just jotting it down. And I great. sometimes when you just, you think this is never going to come back as good right. as this. <laughs> Definitely. No, that's a great idea. Practical things. Practical things. But yep. if, if the cop finds you. You see, I'm not a good multitasker. I can't do the, that. I don't yes. know how. Like, a, a, yeah. Keep doing it your way. Your way is safer and better and not more a city girl. <laughs> okay, let's talk a bit about your songwriting processes. Mm. I mean, I, I don't want to say what comes first because I know mm. it's different for everybody and different mm. in different moments. But right. talk us through a little bit about writing a song. Most often, um, and like you said, it keeps changing. It's not. It's not like there's this recipe that you follow. So cool. Now I'm going to write a song. Step one. Mm -hmm. Step two. It doesn't. I wish it worked that way because it would be so much easier. But for me, um, it's often, it, it starts with the music because that's for me the, like music is such a, an incredible language and it can warp and shape words into meaning something completely different. Yeah. So I always start with the music so that I can manipulate actual language to saying what I wanted to say mm -hmm. or what the song wants it to say. Okay. So, yeah, I would just have like a, a phrase or a lick or a, just some a chord progression or something and I just um, let it flow and see how it feels. And then that feeling guides what the words would be. So my favorite song of yours in the beginning mm -hmm. was Cockroach. Okay. <laughs> I want to know about that song. How, yeah. how did you, how did it arise? You know, it's often the, the most silly ones that almost don't make it mm -hmm. you know what I mean because it was just this song that showed up out of nowhere I was living in a small town in Namibia for a little while on a farm it's like a farmhouse kind of a thing um, I was living there for about three months to do some songwriting before I moved to South Africa and the song came up while I was sitting in a dry river in Omaruru that's mm -hmm. this the town's name I was watching a sunset you know, when you're alone by choice, but kind of disgruntled about it, mm -hmm. like, oh, this sucks, but I chose this. So you're kind of angry at yourself, but also accepting the moment of the immense loneliness, but also the very togetherness with yourself. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting there feeling very sorry for myself in that moment. And a tiny cockroach crawled past because there's a lot of them in the river for some reason. But he was also by himself, but he was very in a hurry to go somewhere. And I was just thinking, damn you. There's always a lot of them. You know yeah. what I mean? And here I am by myself and he's going to go over there and have a braai with his buddies. <laughs> and here I am like an idiot. And well, he brought me the song, he, she. Oh. I didn't assume his gender. But yeah, so it, it started with that thought process of if you can't be alone, you can't really be with people. Yeah. Or you shouldn't be around people if you're very uncomfortable with being alone because who are you then when you are with people? So that's kind of what the song is about. Oh. It's about a lot of stuff, but yeah. 
Wonderful. And I feel like knowing that I'm going to love it even more. Oh, <laughs> I want to go home and listen to it <laughs> right now. It. <laughs> okay, so what about collaboration? Songwriting with other people. Mm. What are your feelings? So far, I've never done that. It's not something I'm against, but it's such a sacred space for me that I go into and I feel very exposed mm. and vulnerable while I'm writing because it's such a process of... It will feel for me like getting dressed in front of people. Yeah. I don't do that. It's weird. <laughs> you know, so I haven't been comfortable so far to to collaborate with writing. But once the song exists, it's always interesting to see how other people might interpret it or express that exact same thing so differently. So yes. for me, that, that could be interesting. I haven't done that a lot, but yeah. um, I'd be more comfortable with that than writing Totally understand. Got some growing up to do, maybe. Yeah. maybe. <laughs> Not keep it so precious, but yeah. And I, I suppose tying along with that, what do you feel about jamming? I'm not a jammer. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying because it feels like it, it can never be the best work. Yeah. It's like I, I honor the work so much that jamming for me feels like it's just, it's not enough. Yes. You know what I mean? I, I enjoy the free flow. And, I, you know, when I watch people jam, it looks like a lot of fun. Mm. And for the purpose of fun, that's great. But for the purpose of saying something, it requires more time. Yeah. And that's so, why you do it. Yeah. You have something to say. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you tips for musicians on how to be a better collaborator then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I briefly mentioned the challenges. Mm. What are some of the challenges do you think the musicians today are facing? Well, first of all, I only speak for my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I can never really say what other musicians are going through. I don't know. It's so subjective and personal and it's extremely personal, mm-hmm. actually. The challenges that I faced is just, it's also not really industry related because I've never really paid much uh, attention to industry because yeah. that's not why I'm doing this at all. So... Yes, there are challenges. There's, you know, a lack of support. There's a lack of platforms where you can share the music and, 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 and people know a lot about that already. I think Mm. musicians tend to really, really um, (laughs) drive that point home (laughs) often. Um, So one might say we complain, (laughs) you know, it's just, you know, share, sharing, maybe, (laughs) I don't know. So I work very hard at not focusing on such challenges because that would make me not want to do this because i i'm not sure if a solution is close so and that would stop me Mm. so i don't look at it i just don't i willingly keep my head buried in the sand um concerning these industry challenges that Mm. everybody's talking about and i'm not oblivious to it and i'm not in denial but it doesn't serve me to talk about it yeah it will block the music i think so i just wait for the songs and I catch them and I go and play them. And it's not always easy, but what is easy? You know, every vocation has challenges and all these things. And it's a, it's a very unsatisfying answer to this question, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But because what I do is so personal, it can't not be personal when it comes to industry talk yeah. as well. That's great. It's refreshing, actually. <laughs> Let's talk COVID. Mm. What's that? How have have you been, I suppose your music, I'm Mm. talking more specifically. Yeah. How has your music been affected? Or impacted? Um, I think um, initially 
not a lot changed because I am already kind of, you know, with the lockdown stuff, you know, the hard lockdown in the beginning, it didn't bother me that much because I'm, I'm a bit of a hermit anyway. Mm. So it didn't change a lot in my day to day. But later on, I noticed that life needs my attention somewhere else mm. and I didn't create a thing. It was like everything was just frozen. And I think a lot of people obviously feel this way. I mean, so many jobs lost and, you know, places closing down. And it was a lot of closing downness going around. And I think that collection of, oh no, what are we going to do thing was very present mm. in the air. And as a, a highly sensitive um, person, um, that it couldn't not affect me. And I kind of stepped into this agreement with it, like, okay, you know what, I'm not going to fight this thing and now furiously create. And because, you know, now you have so much time, you must be writing so much. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just feeling the things. Yeah. And it sucks. <laughs> and it has to suck right now. It's interesting how sometimes that is necessary to get quiet and just let things be very uncomfortable. And I think that prepared the soil a little bit for very, very new and interesting things to start popping up, hopefully. I love that description of preparing the soil. I like to often think of it as seasons. Oh, yeah. And in some of those seasons, you're just listening. Definitely. Oh, so I'm so excited about what's yeah, coming. So stuff, stuff is coming, hey? Absolutely. It has to. That's just how things work. So then what does making music look like for you right now? A lot of silence. <laughs> I've, I've explored other creative avenues and, you know, I've considered a lot of, you know, maybe I should do something else because there's this very real thing of, you know, I also need to make money. Mm. Um, I've been very blessed and very lucky that my parents were in a position to kind of help out a little bit in this time. And yeah. it's really strange for someone my age to, <laughs> to have that thing going on. Um, but I'm not ashamed to talk about it because there was literally no other way to live <laughs> we couldn't play we couldn't gig people might already own the song so they don't buy digital versions of it streaming is ridiculous we don't make any money from that so so it was a very real thing and with that making music became a real it's completely different and it's still so familiar at the same time mm. you know the songs are the same but i'm not the same so it feels really different so it's an adventure and I'm, I'm still discovering what music is like for me now, to be honest. I don't have that answer. Do you feel like you've changed as a person? Absolutely. Like I'm not even the same one hour to the next. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're really aware of what's going on around you and you're in touch with how everyone around you is feeling and stuff, it, it affects you. So you can't really. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm not the same. I was a year ago. Totally. It's felt like a reset. Oh, yes. This question a week ago would have been even more relevant, but I'm still going to ask it. Great. What do you predict for the future of live music after 2020? I don't predict things because, you know, scientifically, if you want to predict something, you have to look back mm. and, you know, review and take stock. And, and I'm not a look back kind of person. Yeah. I'm just here now. And you can't predict from the here now. Yeah. You just can't. So I don't actually care. 
Absolutely. I mean, do you have any shows lined up? I've got a few shows lined up, but you know, all these things are also, it's, it's penciled in the calendar <sighs> because we don't know what the hell is going to happen. Yeah. So it's nice to kind of almost have something to look forward to, you know, like a tour in December to go to oh. Cape Town and all these places and the garden route or whatever, but we'll see if that's possible. And I'm really okay either way. Just go. With Just it. here, man. <laughs> so, th- I mean... I've already asked this actually about you continuing creating because that's, I went back to what drives you. Mm. I mean, we did that already. Oh yeah, we, I might say something different now because oh, I'm, not, oh, I'm not the, the same, same person, person I was, was a minute ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what makes you continue creating? It's literally just this, what else will I do? This is what I came here to do. That's yeah. it. That's the only reason. And I think what makes it okay or what fuels it is, you know, after a gig, that feeling, there's a moment where you really connect with one person who's Mm -hmm. out there and you don't see them at first, but you know, they're there. You feel them while you're playing. And sometimes afterwards they come to you and they're like, this made everything okay. Thank thank you for making me feel like I'm okay. And that's, that's the thing. Oh. That's the thing. My worst thing, though, is when you think you're having that experience and you make eye contact with mm. someone and you're thinking, this is this is shifting you. I can see that. Mm. And then afterwards, they kind of blankly look drunk. Oh, like, oh that's out there as well, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> oh, there oh. are those moments. There are those ones. <laughs> but it's, you know, I think even for those ones, it's it's some kind of therapy. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that they kind of diluted it with alcohol or whatever they're using at the time. Because I think that, like, yeah, it, it, it waters down the message or the feeling. And it's sad for me, but it still connects with them. Totally. I, yeah. I've been thinking a lot about it in terms of that numbing mm. and how not just alcohol. I mean, we use the everyday numbing of food as one of the things. Right. Yeah, definitely. The and internet. I've, yeah, social media. It's wild. And it is wild. I've been working on some mindfulness stuff. Mm. And ouch. Um, <laughs> so ouch, but, but remarkable because yes. you use it on the things like eating. Mm. You slow down and you start to do it consciously because you have Definitely. to eat. What do they call it? Habit stacking where you do oh, cool. make yes. a new habit on top of a habit you have to already do. Oh, yes. So you add mindfulness to eating. That's cool. And it starts to shift you in Oh, yes. Every area. It definitely. Yeah, it spills over to everything else. That's great. I like that. This is a particularly hard one for a musician who loves music. Okay. What is a song that you wish that you'd written? I have two. Mm-hmm. So one is Don't Forget Me by Harry Nilsson. Oh, that song just gets me every time. It feels like, no, that was my song. <laughs> and... um there's another one by Diamanda Galas called Baby's Insane. And also, I really resonate with that song as well. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm going to go listen because, to be honest, I don't know either of the songs. Oh, great. Yeah. Yay. I'll send them to you. Please do. Links, yeah, obviously, because you're oh. going to buy it, aren't you? Exactly. Yes. That's what you do. You buy musicians' <laughs> music. Or you put, you stream it a thousand times over while you sleep. Oh, no. definitely. Or, you know, just share the shit out of it. Yeah, that's a good way. In fact, speaking of which, we're going to find out in a moment all of Andrew's social media contacts oh, yeah, and thing. you can share those. <laughs> that would be good. Okay, I'm not going to ask which this collaboration because you don't wish to collaborate. Or do you? Not with writing, but maybe someday with 
performing okay. or, or just playing. Yeah, right? so wishlist collaboration, performing. A very obvious answer where I'm coming from would be someone like either Tom Waits or Bruce Springsteen, but I would really dissolve in their presence. <laughs> I would just die. So that would not be practical or possible for me. So I would choose someone who I, like I respect as an artist, but I wouldn't collapse in their presence. So someone like Moby, such a brilliant artist and has been really brave with what he brings. It's like, and it's so diverse, which I really love. I love variety. Mm. So Moby and Massive Attack as well. Unmistakably them, but it's so diverse and that I really respect and it might be fun to play with. Wonderful. This is the crux of the matter. In mm. light of all of the above, mm-hmm. what advice would you give young indie artists? Nothing. Mm. Not a thing. Not a thing. You know what? Advice is such a tricky thing because I'm going to have to know who I'm speaking to and why they are doing this mm. or why they want to do this because then it can be helpful. Otherwise, mm. you know, these sweeping statements of work hard, duh, Definitely, obviously, if you want to do this, you're going to have to work hard. If you want to do anything, you might have to work hard. So yeah. I can't advise, I don't do the advice thing mm-hmm. um, or I don't do it well because I need, <sighs> I need more information. <laughs> but I think especially young, young ones who are starting out are really brave already. It's like it's packed into you. I remember when I was much younger, I was really stupidly brave and then you start gathering a lot of information there's a lot of interference that shows up along the way that kind of blocks you or confuses you and stuff so I think just stay clear because you are already just stay clear that's great encouragement I think stay clear is a wonderful wonderful bit of advice even though you don't like the word advice (laughs) okay how can people get in touch with you I have a website, andra.co.za, which I never update because I hate it. I'm not good at these things. And I have people who do it, but I never actually tell them what to do with it. Um, Social media, andra.co.za as well on Facebook and Andra Secrets on Instagram. I'm interested to know about your support system. Mm. I mean, we've spoken about your parents Mm. and that's incredible because I'm right with you there. We've all needed some kind of support. But on a more... um, day-to-day level particularly with the music Mm. do you surround yourself with people who are champions for what you do yes it was kind of I chose well Mm. and a lot of amazing earth angels have shown up yeah I don't know if I surround myself with them or if I force them to be around me all the time but definitely there's a lot of people that have once again it's like that just feeling of you're on track it's Mm. just that affirmation or not validation because that's such an ego thing but you know just to make it feel like you should be you're doing the right thing absolutely keep keep doing that thing it sucks it's difficult it's almost impossible but we've got you i have a handful of those that are really precious to me and they know exactly who they are wonderful so lucky very how about you i do but it's it's again that same thing about that community of Mm. people and i I felt the same way with the crowdfunding stuff is that there are many points over the past four or five years mm. that I would have stopped making music. Oh, yeah. And I don't mean stop making music in terms of creating for myself, but oh, stop yeah. putting it out there. Right. This, life is just so hectic and mm. there's been so much along the way that has distracted me. Oh, yes. And if I didn't have people waiting for things. Right. 
I think that I would have just stopped putting it out there. So, so there's two kinds of support systems. Mm. The the support system of my family and right. the immediate ones who whose support doesn't always look affirmative. Right. I have some friends uh, in my support system who they're not yes people. Ah, I, I see. Incredible constructive criticism. Okay. But they tell me when I am being false. Right. And for me, in fact, that's the most important part of being a musician is being true and authentic. Oh, yes, definitely. And because of these people, I have dropped layers and layers and layers. Oh, that's and great. Shed them mm. to be able to become the part of myself that is closest to the source. Oh, yes. That so is so good. So I'm thankful for those. And I suppose often for people listening, mm. those ones can feel hard to listen to. Well, it depends on where you are. You know what I mean? This is the truth. Yes. And if you can see it, yeah. Definitely. Because it's like they remind you. It's not a something that, it's not a sticker that they put on you. You're being false. <laughs> They're like, remember who you are. Yeah. Simba. So. <laughs> yes. So it's just, yeah, people who remind you of your trajectory. And it's that same synchronicity mm. that you're speaking of that you know you're on the right path mm-hmm. when you feel that, when you, when you get exposed to people like that. Oh, well. yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's wow. been lovely. Thank you for coming all the way from Pretoria. You're so welcome. It was an adventure. I don't come here often. So every time I feel like I'm going on this quest. So great. Thank you so much for having me. And it has been a quest. It's a quest for me and I'm grateful mm. that you are part of it. Thank you so much. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts. Goldfish in my room, I want your brain. Would you be? Floor, I don't